Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 101 football played on paper podcast. And uh, boys, I'll lead off the chant. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Out, out, out. No? Out, out. Job? Yeah, I knew where you're going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me how I am. Um, look, nah, it feels yeah, like it, it feels like I've taken like the weight of a small Volkswagen off my back. Um, just Go for Polo. T- uh, golf. I've, I've cleared the polo on the squat rack. Mm. Um, it's golf. Um, yeah, just such a good feeling today. Got absolutely smacked by Watford Saturday night, which was just lovely. And then that was a, a real, great feeling, wasn't it, boys? Yeah, <laughs> real uncomfortable Sunday. Being like, what the fuck is going on? Is Joel Glazer out getting a haircut? Can someone make a decision? Uh, and then so, here so we tough are. weekend for you, mate. Basically, tough weekend. But don't don't go too early on early. We we got uh twenty five minutes set aside for him. So cool your jets, mate. Cool your jets. I thought this was my therapy session. I was just opening it up. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Uh, you had a better weekend, mate. Hey. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a double whammy for me. Good, good result on both ends of the spectrum. It's always good to see your mate's team get absolutely thrashed, and you, in the same week that your own team does does it right. So yeah, laughing. Lester. And, and Barn. And Barn, yeah. you looked a bit dodgy early on, but uh, Spurs, yeah, got lucky in the end, you'd say. Yeah, it was a real game of two halves, but the proper Tottenham turned up at the end. That's all that mattered. <laughs> yeah, um, don't Conte them out right now. Um, all right, so we've got uh, <laughs> weekly happenings, full EPL review. Um, we might touch base on this multi. So um, for those that remember last week, there was a bit of uh, questions raised over one of the legs. So we'll see if that leg tripped us. Or um or it was a a winner, but we'll see. Um, and then we got the email, so the big competition for the mug. So don't mug yourselves <laughs> off. There's still a bit that of time singular. to get in. Email, um, emails, <laughs> multiples. Um, see, still still downloading them all. Job, but looking at your internet. But yeah, all right, fun. Here we go. We've got a full show, so we better crack in. Weekly happenings. Surely we go straight into Ollie. Surely. We'll, we'll touch on it in a second. We'll get there. We'll get there. There's one more manager I want to talk about before we get to Oli, and that is the <laughs> ex-manager of Werder Bremen, Marcus Anfang. So Werder Bremen, well, you might know, fairly big club in the German league. They've had a real tough year. They got relegated from the Bundesliga. They're sitting eighth in the Bundesliga too, and then their coach has been accused of forging his own vaccination passport. So the club came to him and you know asked him, to provide some evidence for where he got his uh, vaccinations. And he just said, oh, yeah, I got them here. Don't worry. Uh, Couldn't produce any evidence. Um, Just said, trust me. And they did not trust him and sacked him. They didn't trust him. No, they didn't trust him. Who would have thought? So did the old Aaron Rodgers uh, treatment. Yeah. Speaking of of fraudulent documents, Job, how did you go with your gun license that you forged? That's still... Um, no, I actually take the Harry Potter approach to vaccination. So everyone's like, what is it? I'll show you my scar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no one wants to see your scar. All righty, <laughs> let's, let's get into it. We're, everyone's waiting for it. Ollie is officially out. Michael Carrick is in. 
Jobber, is he going to take man, us Jobber. back to the glory days of United? You got your man, Carrick Sinner. <laughs> we got him. Um, <laughs> I, if you're, I think the big loser at this weekend was Daniel Levy. Do you feel like he moved a little bit too fast on Antonio Conte? He didn't realise Ollie had become available? No. Just on that quickly, did you see what Gary Neville said about Conte? No. Man, you'd never go like, for him or something. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, um, there's a reason they didn't they didn't go for Conte. Man, you never would have gone to him. There was no world class managers available, so that's why man, you know, I didn't go, for, didn't go, didn't sack Ollie earlier." Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, yeah no." He was I heard, like, oh, I heard he, Gary he's Neville's... fine for Tottenham, but uh, we wouldn't yeah. get him. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's saying. I, yeah, I yeah. heard his spiel, Gary Neville's spiel about how, like, oh, look, you know, it just shows how problematic the club has been that it took so long to sack him. And I'm like, Gary, two weeks ago you were like, you can't sack him. He's United boy, yeah. Brendan. Yeah, give yeah. him more time. Yeah. I've never seen an example. of... Of someone having their cake and eating it too, and the United Old Boys being like, "Oh yeah, he had to go," but like we were saying, he had to stay. It was just ridiculous. Um, but look, it was a massive relief, I think. But what is absolutely insane is that they've done this, and it feels like the only people who are surprised by the fact that he's sacked is the Manchester United board, and they haven't got anyone appointed yet. It's in, it's crazy. Did, so you you mentioned off air that you, you'd heard something of a shortlist. Is do they at least have like a rough idea of who they want to go after, or what's the plan, mate? Um, so uh, I I tend to go to the bookies for this information because I don't think the Manchester United board has a plan, but I think Paddy Power can does. Trust the bookies. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, bookmakers ha- and it, honestly, I've been keeping an eye on this today, and this has been fluctuating. So right now we have um, Rizzo Pochettino at three to one, which seems crazy. But they seem quite confident on it. Brendan Rogers, former Liverpool manager, Brendan Rogers, showing that if he is the mm. second candidate, that the current board doesn't know anything about Manchester United and their rivals. Uh, Michael Carrick's <laughs> actually eleven to two, so that that's five fifty in the old market. So Dan's at six fifty. Eric Ten Hag's been one spoken about a lot. He's the Ajax gaffer. Laurent Blanc, good story for the old boys in there as well. And Ralph Ranick's been spoken about, and a lot of people who don't know a lot about football will tell you that Ralph Ranick is the man. He's currently the uh, sporting director at Locomotive Moscow, so um, comes highly credential from his time at RB Leipzig. Well, um, given the resumes of who they've been hiring, he probably fits right in. Um, so yeah, if we go through that list, I think the one that jumps out for me that doesn't make any sense at all is Zidane. So the biggest criticism of Oli was tactically poor, played off vibes said got all the good players and said just go out and express yourself and it didn't work but surely there isn't like you saw um how Zidane worked his magic with um Real Madrid he did a very similar thing they weren't like you wouldn't look at him or that um Real Madrid team and say oh they were tactically very astute they broke teams down by a structure or by a pattern of play he just had great players in like the form of their life um and just and were big players with big moments and won. So I think if you don't want more of the same, there's no way you'd look at Zidane, don't you think? He was a bit like Carlo, yeah, no, like a I bit agree. of a, a bit of a um a bit of like a what do you call it, like a player whisperer, like and really really knows how yeah. to mold a like good man management knows how to mold. Yeah. And I think he gets like so much respect from the players as well because of obviously what he's achieved as a player and how yeah. how good he was. Um but did you uh, did you see some of the Instagram posts from like ex United players about Ollie going? It was like he I, I like, saw a handful. it was like yeah. so egregious, I, yeah. like he hadn't done anything. Like it was ridiculous. Some of the some of the posts they were putting out, and then didn't he do an exit interview as well? Yeah, he cried oh, that, an exit. That's interview. pretty standard. Too. But, that's standard. But 
for, it was about exiting a fucking sec- graduate program or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, no. was, it was about forty-five seconds long, and I, I did watch that because, like, I don't know, you you feel like you're sort of looking at it being like, oh, he's such a nice bloke, but then at the end of that forty-five seconds, I was like, you've done a terrible job. I don't care about what anyone says about bringing the positivity back and all this crap. Like, it's a football club. Like, I don't understand. It's not a daycare center. But he did right, a terrible Roy job King. this season. I think his last two seasons were okay. Like he took them from no good into the Champions League, Europa League final, just didn't get over the line. Surely it's just this season where it hasn't been good enough. It felt like he was building and then it just it didn't it didn't hit that the height that he was building to, just sort of plateaued and it's dropped off and then all now of a sudden again. Yeah. But yeah. both of the managers um, before him won trophies. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to actually go back to that point you made, Barney, about the, the the player whisperer. You would say like Zidane kind of is like, I think that combo works well when you've got like either a head coach that's a coach whisperer and then like his assistant coach or two coaches are those real tactician sort of style guys or vice versa where it's like a pep and then he's got a couple of assistant coaches who are like the guys in the change rooms getting in the players' ears and like, um, but you can't have like just, just none of, you got to have the mix is what I'm trying to say. You can't basically. have just vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the vibe of the thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of just vibes, did anyone see the um, reported tactic board that got wheeled out when uh, they cleaned Holy out Holy shit, that was great. I <laughs> saw that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. going to share that one. Oh, go through, so go through it, I'll find yeah, it. So, um, yeah, track it down. So apparently what he's done is he's got a, a whiteboard in his um, office and it's got like, you know, just some some buzzwords and like last minute things before the team goes out. And so um, what it was was uh, like express yourself, go out and I've, do yeah, your I've, magic. I've got to hear if you want to oh, go, go through yeah, it. Yeah, you list them because I'm doing off memory. He, so yeah, go. On, on, the, on the whiteboard he had, I, I'll put them down as Ollie's rules to live by because that's essentially what they are. Don't so get this put, tattoo job, bloody hell. <laughs> right across the neck in Sanskrit. Uh, simple and efficient. Mm-hmm. Do the simple things well and with pride. Go on and do your magic and play for the team. Is that real? They executed zero of those. Yeah. So do I tuck in or do I, do I push out? To him? Like, what am I doing? Like, do, when do I express my hey, magic? Point three. Whatever it is, do it with pride. So wait, is that it's, actually real? Yeah. It's been reported. Oh man! I by, mean, by, that's... by the Manchester uh, Evening News, I think. Jesus, it's just ridiculous. It's a reliable source too. So even right, if that's... you said that to an under twelves team, they wouldn't be buying it. They're like, what <laughs> no. is this shit? Give us some but tactics, I, mate. Where's the I, X's and O's? I'm interested to hear um, who do you think is going to be the next Manchester United manager? And you can't all say Michael Carrick. So Halsey, tell me first. Uh, give us the short list again, real quick. Poch, Rogers, Carrick, Zidane, uh, Den Haag, Blanc, Yeah, Renick. Poch and Rogers for me were the two that I would imagine would be up to like the quote standard of United a bit. So I don't know what the odds on they, them were, but uh, I'm going to sorry, Sean, I'm going to say Brendy. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. I can't Jeez, say that. You're, actually not, you're not very certain of it. <laughs> no, no. Let's go with Poch. Is that your final answer? Lock it in, Eddie. Yeah. So I think Brendan Rodgers gets a line for him because he's the ex-Liverpool manager. But that's just me. What do you yeah, think, Sean? Yeah, that's why I changed. No, I disagree. I think uh, I think Brendan's the man. I think you'll you'll sound potch out. Um, I wouldn't go any further down the list than, than those two, to be fair. Um, so I think you'll sound both of those out, and I think you'll end up with uh, Brendan Rodgers. And Barney, you said off-air Glenn Hoddle, but who do you think now? 
Glenn Otto. I thought Tim Sherwood would be in with this shout. Yeah, that's real unjust. Ryan Mason? No. Um, Mason, no. no. <laughs> Tim Sherwood no, I, would put I, I his hand up too. <laughs> like, he sent an email yeah. out in the last couple of days. He's like, Ed, yes, I'm only working for Optus. <laughs> I'm technically available. Yeah, give the English managers <laughs> a Part-time break. Part-time gig. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon it will be – they'll give Carrick the interim role um, and see how it goes for like five or six matches. If they have a good upturn in form, they'll give Three it to years. him to the end of the season. <laughs> Three years, yeah, an OE contract. And then I reckon they'll get Potch in over the summer. Um, for, for the neutrals um, who really want this banter to continue, what everyone else is hoping for is they give Carrick the role – he starts off really well, and then the don't, board thinks, don't, don't. you know what? He yeah, wastes a bunch more money. Cheap. Bang, five-year deal, and then just stinks <laughs> up the joint and start it next year. So that is what all the neutrals are open for, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, that kept me awake last night. Like, yeah, I, was no, going, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep because I was thinking, I was like, don't fucking yeah. win. Don't get a new manager again. <laughs> Joe, but this is the conundrum again. It's, it's it either United lose and you get a decent manager in, or you win and you keep character for three years yeah we'll get we'll get to the game on saturday and i'll talk you exactly through what i was thinking saturday night watching the game but um I, that, honestly that is my biggest concern is that he gets like four and one or something like that and everyone's like geez he's doing a good job isn't he <laughs> get the old um, boys back together i know we're in danger of burning the whole show on this but i just want to make one last point did anyone else see the wayne rooney interview so he's come, oh, which is oh, he's yes. finished his derby game. He's coming. He fucking bankrupt. He looks, he looks so horrible for his age. Homeboy is 36 or something, and he looks fucking so old. He looks 45, no joke. Anyway, he's coming. He did when he was 16, though, too. He's stinking the joint up at derby. Um, he's, he's kicking people at training. Um, he, I think he's caught another um, sexual assault charge, allegedly. Um, and then he's come on camera and they've said, what do you think about Ollie? He's like, yeah, at the moment, I'm just happy being the Derby manager. And everyone's like, oh, we're not exactly <laughs> sure that anyone had you on their list, Wayne. But yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. No, we weren't asking you if you wanted to coach. That's awkward, yeah. Okay, no. All right. We'll, we'll bash Ollie further into the show, but let's touch on the state of the Sierra Leone League, the, Sierra, the little known Sierra Leone Premier League. Uh, they're in a bit of a state at the moment because law enforcement in Sierra Leone is in a bit of a pickle because the anti-drug strikers and Sierra Leone police, yes, they are two teams in the competition, are both sitting in the relegation zone and are at risk of getting relegated out of the Premier League. Jabra, I know you follow this one very closely. Was this a shock for you? Um, yeah, I, I don't really follow the football in Sierra Leone as much as I follow the law enforcement activities, so it wasn't a shock to me. Um, or the political regimes? <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't across this one, to be honest, which is unusual. Sorry, I am you, normally you, might, you might know some of the other teams in their job, like the uh, the Bow Rangers or the old, <laughs> the old Edwardians. Or You've definitely my, given us my, a tip for a match in this league jobber. I know yeah, that. Yeah, my team who I follow very closely, Mighty Blackpool. There are an, Is, I sister think club there's a sister club of Blackpool, yeah. <laughs> there's a club in there called um, the Machine Gun or something, I think. <laughs> Just is there a machine gun? Someone machine? Someone? No, just no. There's, there, there machine is, gun. Kelly, there is something machine. A lot. Of continuing the, the sort of government ag- agencies uh, trend, they've got Ports Authority as a team as well. So, yeah, they're yeah. a good side Top for four. memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sink or swim for them. Yeah, at the moment. <laughs> yeah been, we'll been known to ship a few goals. <laughs> yeah, ah, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's move on from the maritime related jokes. <laughs> 
onto a uh, very interesting story from Joe Cole that Job has been wanting to speak up <laughs> oh, all God. show. He's got sent to me. Um, story time with Joe. Have we got a stinger? Or... <laughs> uh, let's see what we've got here. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> all right, so I'm going to give you like a, a brief story that Joe Cole told on the golf course about Harry Redknapp. So apparently, um, I don't know what club it was, but the physio was scared of telling Harry Redknapp. It would have been at Hammers, I think. Injured. That's yeah, I think it was at Hammers. Early days for Joe. So Joe Cole is telling the story. He goes, oh, look, the physio was shit scared of Harry Redknapp. And he's going, someone came off and they were concussed. And um, Harry's like, oh, look, how is he? And Joe Cole's like, oh, Joe Cole telling the story. He goes, oh, um, look, Harry, you know, he's, he's not too good. He's got a bit of a head knock. And Harry goes, well, can he go back on or not? And he goes, Harry, I, I don't know. He's, he's not right. And Harry goes, well, can he play or not? And he goes, he doesn't know where he is, Harry. He doesn't know who he is. And Harry Redknapp goes, good, tell him he's Pele and I'll put him up front. <laughs> Get him back out there. <laughs> I reckon I for every one trick. I reckon for every one good Harry Redknapp story you hear, there's ten others that are unheard of. He's there's so many good ones from him. <laughs> oh in his coaching God, that's days. a classic. Because oh, yeah. he was a manager like at, at his peak when like it was really crazy in the Premier League. Like you could still get away with his stuff, like little like heaps less social media or next to none. Um, like still a bit of a drinking culture, and he was at the top of the game then. So. Yeah, or he'd have like millions of stories, right? Half oh, the players back yeah. then were running around with concussions, weren't they? <laughs> we'll have to get Harry. We'll have to get Harry on Barney after Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I want Harry on before Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. All right, let's get cracking into the games, and we started with a tough one for one of the pod members here: Chelsea three, Leicester City nil. Sure, no, Leicester still seem to be plagued by those defensive issues. Oh, no good. Like I got up for this game, um, and it was honestly it was over in the first twenty minutes. Like Leicester just started so slow, um, and as soon as they went one behind from uh, Rudiger, like I just you could just see the rest of the game panning out the way it panned out. So yeah, then they went on to concede twenty eighth minute. Like um, Kante, like a nice run, um, ball in off the inside. Good little finish, actually. I didn't know he had that in his left, um, in his locker on his left foot. But yeah, yeah and, from, and from there, the game just like petered out. I think Chelsea took their foot off the gas, really. And yeah, Leicester sort of sleepwalked to, to a loss. So yeah, I don't know. This I can't put my finger on it. Like I think Leicester's energy seems low, and they just seem very, very leaky um, at the back, which is, which is no good. One one thing I did pick up on, which I didn't know about Johnny Evans, is he's got like an ongoing foot problem that just can't be healed. Um, not even with surgery. And so apparently Leicester, um, they, they train him on certain training pitches and cut the grass a little bit longer so it's softer on his foot. And then when it's really, really heavy rain and they go inside and do indoor sessions on like one of the Astro pitches or something like that at the new training center, um, he sits out or he just walks through the, the session because it aggra- aggravates his foot. So, yeah, like, and and he's essentially oh, yeah. our best defender. So if you're nursing, like a Ledley King style, where you're just nursing him from week to week, um, just trying to get him through training so he can play. So yeah, I mean, big problems for for Leicester. And the the worst thing I can say about him is they just don't look themselves, which is yeah, the worst part. The if you've got to like nurse Johnny Evans that much just to get him to a game, and he plays like maybe half a game a season, like. That's like a serious hole in the team. If it's that bad, like I didn't realize it was that bad. That's 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 um that's crazy. But yeah. on that second goal, sure, no. commentator said that. Yeah, on that second goal with Conte, like 
you have some defensive issues with like Leicester, but like at like the simplest thing you can, one of the simplest things you can do with defending is just like press the man who's got the ball, especially when he's that close to goals. Kante ran for about 30 yards without anyone going to him. He got to the top of the box and still no one stepped to him. And then he's like, oh, well, may as well have a shot here and put it in like a good hit. It didn't look planned. Yeah. He ran, yeah, I think he was expecting someone to step out and lay it off. And then he got that far. He's like, well, I have to shoot now. Like that was, I was like, that's just really the, bad the same thing there. happened against Arsenal where like the gaps between the lines seem to be massive um, for Leicester. I don't know. Like I feel like some of them feel like we're dropping deep and then others are like we're pressing high and it seems really odd to see. But on your point for Sean too, the, the starts from Leicester in the last couple of weeks have just yeah, been awful. That. I don't know. Like it, it seems like they really just start games not like professional footballers. Yeah. And just they're so conceded now. I'm just trying to track down the stat, but I think they've conceded like, um, is it the second most amount of go- oh, goals in the in the prem? Yeah, equal really? second most. Yeah. yeah, they've conceded. So Norwich and Newcastle, Norwich yeah. and Newcastle have conceded the most. But they're both on 27. Leicester's next on 21. If you're yeah, you conceding yeah. more than. <laughs> And leads and one other club who's conceded twenty one goals too, but we'll get there. We will get there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that yeah, that's the worst part about Leicester at the moment, and disappointing. But especially, there's such a joy to watch when they're when they got their heads on and they're like, you know, they're at the races, and Brendy's got their them um, sort of dialed in. Like as a neutral, like they're one of the teams that you dial, you tune in and watch. I think because yeah, they're like high pressing, high intensity, play some good stuff, lots of like quick interplay. Always try and keep the keep the ball on the deck. And now, when I watch them, I'm like, "Who is this? I don't recognize this team at all." Yeah the the like thing with Leicester as well now is like their highs are like like they're like can compete with anyone on on their day, but their lows are really fucking low at the moment. Like they are looking at putting out some pretty poor performances, and like very unlike the Leicester we've seen under Brendy Rogers. Like even a bad performance the last few seasons under Brendan Rogers was like. You know, you'd still beat a lot of the teams in the competition, but they've been yeah. really poor this year. Just the just the inconsistency of results. So this is their this is their results mm. so far. So win, loss, win, loss, loss, draw, draw, win, win, loss, draw, loss. So like they just can't get a run together. It's just are, yeah. are we are we coming to the end of the Leicester overachieving generation? Like are they settling in now as like a mid table Premier mid-table League prem. side? Yeah. Yeah, is Maybe. this is this what this is? Is that they're morphing into that, and this is where they should have been all those years, but they just haven't, and now they are that. Sean, oh, I think if they Maybe, lose Brendy think... to United, they will. Yeah, I, I agree that that'll be devastating for Leicester more so than any any player that we've lost to you know the big six or whatever you want to call them. But um, yeah, but maybe. But I think one thing that that's difficult um, for to support Leicester is that when they get close, they get to that fourth, fifth, sixth spot. Like they're they're sort of one player short, or do you know what I mean? Whereas like to move from like twelfth to eighth, it's like you, you don't have to like improve your results that much. Um, you you're don't doing have to a couple of good big, weeks, like you can have yeah, a run you don't and have, you do that. You don't have yeah. to sign a huge player, you don't have to spend, but to go from fifth to fourth, that's a hundred million there. To go from fourth to second, that's two hundred million. From go to second to that's you know three hundred and fifty million. So like there, the like as you get higher up, the gaps just get like exponentially harder to to close. And I think Leicester got there and sort of got to the glass ceiling type feeling. Um, and then yeah, just couldn't crack it. And now I don't know whether 
um, those bigger teams have bigger squads, and so they've been able to you know deal with some of the injuries. And when Leicester don't have it, because the first the first eleven when they're on can beat anyone. Um, unfortunately, as soon as they one or two or three, four of those get injured, which is what's happened at the moment. Um, yeah, they're very very um, average, and they are a mid table team really. But as bad as as like Leicester's form has been this this season, they're still only five points off fifth. So like with how tight the table is this season and how congested that like fifth through to even like, you know, 13th, 14th is, like you're two wins away from going into fifth. And that's obviously like a lot of other teams have got to lose there. But like for sure. you're not that far off the pace. for, yeah. And you look less and you're like, wow, how are they even that close? Like from what you've seen. But you're only five points off Arsenal and Wolves and, and Tottenham yeah. are only four points ahead of you. So it's like you're not that far though, off. Yeah, I feel as though the the – Table's obviously starting to take shape as the further we get into it. But that that top three, they seem to be like in a league of their own and a space of their own. Not necessarily because oh, yeah. of points because they are, as you say, only like four or five, six, seven points um, away from sort of um, your, your Arsenal's and your West Ham's. But the golf of those teams, like, you know, Liverpool just beat Arsenal 5-0. So the golf between third and fifth or third and fourth cool. is just so, so big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think those, those three teams are out on their own and then there's a big block of teams um, probably all the way down to Leicester, to be fair, um, all the way up to, say, your West Ham's and your Arsenal's in another block. And then there's the everyone else sort of scrapping, it feels like. Relegation battlers. Yeah, mm. I agree. I agree, definitely. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one here. And Chopper's going to enjoy this because we get to bash Oli and United a bit more. So Watford for Manchester United one and a red card to Harry Maguire. I thought the best part of this game was afterwards, uh, or I think it was when Oli got sacked, was when Claudio Ranieri said, oh, I think United should give Oli a bit more time. Just absolutely <laughs> mugging him off. So, yeah. so smug from him, isn't it? So he wins one Premier League it. and now he just thinks he can talk whatever, about whatever Jobber, he wants. Bef- before you go rambling on here, I just want to ask you, did that tunnel ball training during the week before the game prep you <laughs> for, the, for that Watford team? Nah, I feel like I, you've I, got like a bunch of United stories that you sit on all week and you're like, I'm just going to drop this at the right time. I send them through to him at least two I want to go over. We share them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the tunnel ball help, didn't help because that, that second challenge of Harry Maguire's on uh, Cleverly and you see the ball goes straight through his legs. So I think he's just a bit too familiar with that that feeling. So mm. it's cost him mm. a bit there. Anyway, we'll get now, to a couple, that. A couple of key ones in uh, this one was the start from United was just Absolutely horrendous. Nice little skied clearance there from Bruno Fernandes and then Scott McTominay on rollerblades back there. A um, couple of nice little penalty saves from De Gea, but kept us in it for 11 minutes. Two shithouse pens to go with. Two shithouse pens. I had written down here, rubbish yeah. penalties, right? But, yeah, oh, so still had to save them. We did. Yep. And then it was just dreadful. Like I just, I just couldn't find a – like I watched the game and I kept sort of pausing. I was trying to find like – find a couple of minutes that summed up how I felt. But, like, it was just so bad. And, like, it was only ever going to be one result. What what did you make of the um, his team selection job? So, obviously, a lot's been made of uh, Sancho not playing a lot. Um, but, yeah, McFred got split up and he went with Manich and uh, McTominay. What did you think of that before kickoff? I know it's a, it's a bit like militant, but if you're Ollie, uh, you're thinking, like, I need the blokes out there that are going to save my job. Like, I, I know it was good to see Sancho start like theoretically, because you're like, you want to see Sancho out there. But I'm thinking week to week, I'm like, are these the blokes I want out there to save my job? Like if my job's on the line, 
do I trust Nemanja Matic and Scott McTominay to protect my back four? Like, I probably don't. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do I trust – is this the week I want to lay Sancho on when I could get sacked if we lose? Probably not. Um, and what do you make of the calls for um, Man United fans? Uh, they're sort of saying strip Harry of the captaincy um, and it's a great chance to do it because you've got a new manager coming in and give it to, you know, uh, Fernandez potentially who's, who is going to start every week. Um, and that way Harry can just go back and just concentrate on his own football, his own game, focus on him and another thing he can do is you've got the option to drop him as well because Eric Bailly played in the Champions League and did really, really well um, not so long ago. And then he, <laughs> he comes back in and doesn't doesn't find himself in the team. And you've got Harry Maguire stinking the joint up, gets picked every week. Yeah, but don't like let uh, Eric Bailly uh, don't let an Eric Bailly block confuse you as to think that is a good multiple. performance or like a spectacular yeah, block not sold or on Because yeah, I, he makes so many fundamental errors that don't come up in More like five minute clips. More than Harry. More than Harry? Oh, yeah. Oh, more than see, Harry. I question that. He's just not on enough. But the thing, see, what I, I think, Sean, you, you start out with taking the captaincy of Harry maybe because you watch him and I, yeah, obviously he's, he's a bit of a mouth breather and so there's not much going on between his, hair, his ears. But you see <laughs> that look on his face where like he's still trying to work out what he needs to be doing in the moment where if you're the yeah, captain or any centre back, yeah, I think any centre back really should be like this. You know in every second of the match where you should be and what you need to do and... So you are guiding your troops. You're worried about what your people, your back four are doing for you, where they are, not yourself. But he's still worrying about himself so much. He he doesn't have the mental capacity to then worry about his other defenders. And so everything just falls apart. But the other question then oh. is, if you take the captaincy off him, who do you give it to? Do you think Fernandez after that? Yeah, I, 360 think, no I think you scope go Bruno. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think you, go, you go Bruno. Um, I think one, one the main thing is he's going to play every week. Um, he'd have the respect of the players, and um, yeah, he's been a captain at, at other places he's played with. But Job, what did you yeah. make of um, him at the end when he was sort of saying to the fans, "Look, it's not Ollie's fault. Like we're responsible," and was sort of like rounding up the the players, saying that like we're the ones that it's to blame. And um, and Jamie Carragher doubled down on that. He also said, "Yes, um, Ollie's gone. Yes, he's got the sack. Yes, he's taken the rap for everyone else." But he's like some of the performances from these Man United players this year have been diabolical, borderline criminal. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's, it's fair, isn't it? But I think uh, based on what you two guys are saying and then the Bruno thing at the end, like you don't need to make Bruno Fernandes to get that sort of behavior out. Like you don't need to make him captain for him to do that. Like he's obviously a natural leader. Like it's not going to change his game. It might give Harry a bit of a you know spurt because they took it off De Gea to give it to Harry. And then that I think that really impacted David De Gea's confidence for a long period of time. And he's sort of just coming out the other side of that. So I don't know about that. But I think I uh, absolutely agree with Carragher. Like even the performance, that first half was diabolical. Like words just cannot express how poor that was. From a team with that much talent, it was just so poor. And, again, it's like it's real basic stuff too, like hunger and desire and just a bit of like composure on the ball. And then you see Harry Maguire's two yellow cards and they were just stupid. The second one's like ridiculous wow. but it's more yeah. forgivable than the first one i think the first one is just like a fundamentally poor piece of so defending dumb. And then he that's just what like, i mean he's so it far was just so stupid yeah and he just gets himself and he just pulls him down and you're like that's not really what you want to see and then the second one he sells a dummy to the spot he's going to it's yeah, crazy. It was a heavy yeah. touch yeah 200 yeah. play yeah <laughs> but the um so we move into the second half. We sort of already touched on a few things, but we, we the second half comes along and Donny 
gets put on for McTominay, was it? Donny on for can't, McTominay. Uh, can't remember. Yeah, good, it was, it Donny? Was. Yeah, so Donny <laughs> on for McTominay good. and then Martial, Martial on for um, Rashford. And you straight away, United already looked better with Donny because what I thought he was doing really well was like obviously Watford were pressing really high and they were pressing with almost like a, a flat four straight up on the United defence and that they were panicking and, didn't have, and sort of didn't have an out. And so what Donny was doing was dropping in really close, especially on the wide bits in, as an inside outlet and he was just playing that quick pass, one, two, and move out. And it like instantly helped the team. But that's that's exactly what Donny would do all the time. He, he, would have, he, like, he could have been he doing, has been doing that. Like he, you see, but that's, when he me, plays but it's, he, that's he, how he plays. It yeah, he gets into that. such clever little pockets of space, yeah. and just plays like he's not. I don't, I don't know if he's a player that's like easy to watch, but he does. He gets into such little, like good pockets, and just moves it quickly, and you don't see much of him. But like he seems, I don't know, it, we haven't seen enough of him. But like he, the patches you see, see you like he's a footballer. Like he's a he's real. Got, footballer. He's always in the right spot. He's got the, some yeah. of the best off the ball movement I've I've seen from a player. Like when especially that's when he was Ajax, he was unreal. It's off the ball movement for me, and he just seems like so much smarter than everyone else on the team. Like as far as football brain goes, like yeah, you, like you said, you don't say much of him, but it's it's like kind of like the lubricant the team needs, and everything else starts moving smoother. But you don't know what it quite is. You know something's different, but what it is? What is it? Shono? Um Well, I, what I was thinking was that internally he doesn't play at Manchester United. I, the word is because they think that he's not as good defensively as, say, a Fred, a McTominay, a, um, a Matic who plays there. But I think my point is that if you play him there, um, he might not be as good defensively. That might actually be true. But you're going to have way more of the ball. So you're not going to have to do all this defending. You're not going to have to track down all these runners. You're not going to have to make all these blocks, cut out all these passes because you've got the ball. You've got him on the ball and you can play. You can actually play football. Yeah, it's that's the exactly sa- it's right. It's the like- same... It's the same argument as like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like if you were Burnley, you probably don't want him defending for you. But it's if the worst you're he's the, the worst right back yeah. you can have. For but Burnley, if you've got yeah. a lot of the ball, he's the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is it is that idea of like what do you classify as like good defensively? Someone who like Fred might misplace six passes in a game. That's six passes you don't have to like turnovers. You don't have to defend if Donny's yeah. on the ball slotting you through for a one-on-one, which he, he did to Ronaldo like seconds after they scored the goal. He almost got a second. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, uh, my final thinking was um, towards the end of the game where you're like, you're not going to equalize. It was actually quite, and I'll use your word, Halsey, cathartic to see the two goals go in because I think if it's a 2-1 loss, it's like defensible and you're like, oh, you know, the second half was improved. We saw an uplift. We saw a better performance even with 10 men, blah, blah, blah. But actually it was shit. The whole game was shit. And we just need those two goals to really hammer in the embarrassment yeah. to get all sacked. I feel as though those um, last probably three goals, but those the last two in particular were exactly the same too, where they're just like sort of slip yeah. balls in between the center half and the left or the right back, um, then just blasted across De Gea. And De Gea, yeah, obviously doesn't have much chance when they're when they're that close. But we are in danger of uh, talking about Manchester United the whole time and not really talking about um, Watford. But how good was Saar, apart from the pens, Ovs, and uh, and King as well? Joshua King, I thought he had a, a really good game. Got his goal. Mm. Um, and then who is the who's the guy who come off the bench? Dennis? Yeah, that uh, oh, no, Jal Pedro. The, oh, Jal Pedro, yeah. who scored his goal. Yeah, and then he started to cry. He's only 18, was, I think. Yeah, yeah really that was young. such that was a nice, big moment. You, that was nice. Yeah, it was. Um, disappointed we didn't see Danny Rose come off the bench, though. That's the only thing. And good for Tom Cleverley to get one over his old boys. 
<laughs> I actually thought uh, Cleverly was one of the best players for Watford as well. Like like I sort of mentioned, he was like he was adding to that forward forward line and being like the extra man pressing. And I mean, he was the one who caused Harry uh, Maguire to get sent off, um, and just his constant pressure all game. Yeah, especially against his old team, you know, it could go either way. Was was uh, was very impressive. But um, yeah, I think a great win for Watford. Um, obviously, terrible for United. And that was the end for Oli. Um, and I've just got a very interesting little, I don't know if it's a stat or if it's a fact, but I'll, I'll uh, let you boys decide. So They should be the same thing, with, I think. Stay with me on this one. Well, maybe. <laughs> so Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's last Premier League game, or last, sorry, last Premier League win as a Man United manager was against Nuno, whose last Premier League win as a Tottenham manager was against Dean Smith, whose last Premier League win as an Aston Villa manager was against Oli. Full circle. So the circle of shit continues. I was going to say circle of life. Yeah, we'll do a circle of shit. Human centipede, mate. Yeah. Um, Human centipede. And, and so so Watford uh, are out of the um, relegation zone, right? So what are they, six, 16th at the I moment? I don't think they were ever in it. And, or they were just on top Not, of it, right? So 17th. Yeah, yeah just on yeah. top of yeah, it. Yeah, just in our predictions. Um, yeah. But I mean, they they seem to be like, now they've got Claudio and they seem to be like creating a little bit of distance between... Uh, themselves and, and those uh, torrid bottom three. Yeah, I'm not to say Aston maybe. Villa. Yeah, <laughs> thinking, thinking well, Leicester all, a couple of years ago. No, what I'm thinking at the moment is that, geez, I'm happy Newcastle still haven't won a game and uh, even Norwich are stringing wins together. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a start for them. And Burnley's ahead of both of them with only one win and about 47 draws. But Maxwell Cornet looks unreal. Alrighty, let's move on to the next one here. We've got Wolves 1, West Ham 0. Jobba, what do you think of Wolves? Like a solid performance? Looking pretty good at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, uh, they were very good, to be honest. I think they were the better of the two teams. West Ham had some early chances, but... um, I was really impressed with the Wolves' sort of other guys. So Daniel Potence, I thought was very impressive. Raul Neves, uh, Gian Moutinho, and of course Raul Jimenez. If you haven't had a chance yet, have a look at um, Ruben Neves' ball out to the right-hand side. I think he goes out to Daniel Potence. Um, it is unbelievable on the outside of his right peg on top of the box, like clips it out. Um, really nice football. But the goal, just a free-flowing move. Um, I, I thought they would like match up well against West Ham, and they really did. I thought they had a great game on the weekend and well deserved the win. They dominated the the majority of that game, right? Like watching the game back, you know, like uh, West Ham had a few chances, but none of their, you know, that some of that like when they counter, they counter efficiently and quick, and they did not mm. get like any of those quick uh, clinical chances. And um, and I guess without that, they looked really stunted because that is you know, 90% of their game. So it was a bit of a worry for them. Um, and also probably how quiet Antonio was. He was very yeah. quiet again, did not do much. I kind of thought as I was looking at this that um, the back three of Wolves like matched up well against Antonio because like it's not, it's kind of like not a one-man job. Like they had a bunch mm. of people filling space. They had Kilman, Cody and Sayers, all big dudes. Um, and I think they, they all did their role in stopping them. Big dudes as well, but pretty mobile. As well. Yeah, yeah. So can keep up Job, with I want to just mention too, you did predict that Traore would break his duck and, and get that goal he's been <laughs> searching for. Just wanted to remind you all and the audience that that did not happen. Um, yeah, yet. but that's 100% Bruno Lage's fault too. He should have started him. 
If he'd started him, then he would have scored, no doubt in my yeah, mind. Yeah, that's the problem, yeah. But it was it was a nice finish from Raul Jimenez for the only goal of the game too. Just like mm. I don't know how yeah. he got it in that post there. It was quite clever. Killed it, yeah, coming across his body, sort of falling away from it. It was a very nice finish. So Wolves, yeah, just keep chipping away at the uh, the ladder here and they've gone up to uh, six on the table. So they've stepped above Tottenham and Man United and uh, are looking good at the moment. They've got some pretty good form and uh, very solid and very comfortable on the ball. And I think another thing for me is that they, um, they've really taken to this new new system very quickly and, and very well. They were very short of themselves, which yeah, is that, good for them. That's the most impressive part, yeah. Um, Barney, so they have Norwich and Burnley next up too. So they can win those two. Oh. And they have Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea. So I think we'll know a bit more oh. about Wolves in the coming weeks before Christmas. Definitely. They could be sitting be good. very pretty at the top. All righty. Let's get into the next one here. And it was a spicy affair. We had Liverpool versus Arsenal and it was 4-0 winners to Liverpool. And this was the reality check that Arsenal needed and also at the same time deserved. So, so uh, job Ozzy, before we go over to you, talk me through Sadio Mane's pointy elbows. I believe it's a, it was a forearm if you look closely, but uh, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Handbag. He's strawberry for me. He's Get a thug. Strawberry. Yeah, that's a, that's a red one? card. <laughs> what are you he talking about? You can't put your arm up there. He could have taken his eye out. Oh, I, think so I was with Arteta. Because they always if, get the decisions wrong. If you watch <laughs> both of them, though, he's up early and the contact as he's coming down, his arm comes down onto his shoulder, not like sideways into it. So he's not like jumping yeah, into him. He's, yeah, he's falling onto him. That's what I'm saying. He could have done some serious damage. So what are you saying, Hulls Red? If was, as well? if, if, no, I'm if saying he was carrying if either of them was a red. You on? If he was carrying a knife backwards in his hand, he would have cut his throat clean open. That was mm, very that dangerous. True. That is true. Yeah, I feel like VAR might have, if either one of them was a red card, VAR might have had something to say about it, but they didn't. So I don't know what, I thought nothing wrong with either of them at all. I think Arteta lost his his nerve a bit there, to be honest. Because um, no, it was. He looked calm and collected. To be fair, you guys mentioning this now is the first discussion I've heard anyone <laughs> even suggest a strawberry for these. There was the commentators and some of the pundits were making fun of Arteta for asking for a yellow for it. So um, I think the the red's definitely unwarranted. Dinosaurs. They're relics. Halsey, <laughs> Halsey talk me through um, the starting lineup. So no Henderson and Oxlade-Chamberlain played. Um, and Thiago, he hasn't started a lot, but um, he was in the team as well. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so injuries or a bit of rotation, what's going on? I think Hendo was not fully fit because he did come back from England a little bit early. Um and, yeah, I don't know about the Ox. I think – I would assume it's it's not rotations. I assume it would be um, injury picked. clouds. Oh, injury. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. Yeah, I, nah, no offense to Ox. He, he's fine. But, um, yeah, so it was a bit last minute. I didn't realize this was going to be the lineup. So it caught me a bit off guard. But And I was a bit nervous about it, to be fair. But, yeah, for, for a big game like this, they, they stepped up and, and did a good job. And I think he even got some of the young boys on. Uh, towards the end mm. as well, which was it's good to Tyler, see. Tyler Morton. Yeah, debut. It's good to see. Yeah, look, there was no need to be nervous, Halsey. Um, I think after Sadio Mane's first goal, and I was really disappointed with the defending from Arsenal on that set piece. Like, Sadio Mane barely gets off the ground for that header, and Gabriel just looks completely lost. Yeah. It was really oh, disappointing. He's sort of falls into good it, set he? pieces as well. He's normally yeah. good at he's set good pieces. He's good at attacking. Like, in yeah, both he's boxes. really good at attacking set pieces. Yeah. Mm. But oh, Very I mean, he just like Sadio Mane was untouched. Yeah, like, good yeah, delivery, sort of good header. In, but how's he got a free in, run? Yeah. Oh, 
Unbelievable. Nah, no one but even after, went near him. Uh, I, yeah. After that, um, the shit set in. And I feel like for the second goal, Ben White here is the real victim because I can't think of who it is that goes to dribble out of defense. It might be Tavares goes to dribble yeah, out of yeah. defense. And then the ball goes across to Jota. And now Ben White has become like yeah. a meme because he he has no choice. Like he has to go for that. That is He has no other choice. And Jota sells him a big dummy. And they're like, oh. Some say he's still, still sliding. Yeah, but he, like I don't know what else he could have but done. And same with Ramsdale, Ramsdale like, he's got to commit. Ramsdale went for one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I think um, I think it was Thomas Partey was just behind him and never chased at all. It's oh, you way- can see his heart breaking, can't you, Partey? When he's yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that was obviously disappointing. Um, to be fair, if it weren't for Ramsdale and maybe one or two other moments, it, it could have easily been like six or seven very easily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was an absolute like, um, landslide after that. Like, yeah. and the goals were just pouring in and not particularly difficult too. I think both of them were like a slide around the back and sort of back across goal. Cut back. And, yeah, yeah, so it was Mane. Uh, the, did you see the one um, Salah goal, that yeah, counter-attack? I, I don't know how I keep forgetting this, but it just dawns on me every so often, holy shit, Sadio Mane is fast. Yeah. He took a horrible touch and Ramsdale was in his box and he still wasn't confident coming out to like even go for <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, holy. And like, it was like Mane was shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Technically, can be technically like that. he's not that good. Like, even some some of these goals that um, even this year, like, the balls have come across and obviously they should go. Like, you, I don't know, in my head, I feel as though, oh, he'll side foot this in, but he, he'll slide and go like the outside of his right foot. And then like hook it back in, and you just think that yeah, it's just technically poor and like and way harder than it needs to be. But he still scores it. He's pretty wild. His athleticism is unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. It, and it I, makes and up I think, so much. Yeah, I agree. And I think if he didn't, if he wasn't so athletic, you'd look at him and go, "He's got a bad first touch." But because he's so oh, athletic, yeah. his first touch gets him into trouble. But it does get him into the trouble to the point where defenders think, "I can nick that." And then by the time they react, he gets the toe in and gets sliced down. And then you just yeah. think, oh, he's an absolute genius when all he's done is taking a heavy touch and use his speed. Like, Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. So his, so his first touch is so bad that it's actually bad for his opponent. Yeah. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? It's gone full, full circle. circle. Full yeah. circle. So the there thing go. that got me about that goal, though, is the – so it gets headed down from Simicass, like on the wing, and it sort of – it's obviously a bit rainy. It bounces – I think it bounces, yeah. And then Jota's header th- for the through ball to Mane. Do, do you guys, are you guys, picturing this? Mm. Do you, I don't understand the physics of how he got so much power behind this this flick on header. It's sort of like there's no not much power coming towards him as he heads it, and he just generates so much force and and slips Mane through with, with sort of that flick on header. Um, and then obviously Mane's off to the races, cuts it back to Salah, um, who nobody seemed to track. Um, and then I, I, yeah, just putting it out there, probably steroids, um, but. That's that's for them <laughs> to investigate. Allegedly, um, I, yeah, allegedly. So look, um, this was an absolute battering. So I don't want to spend any more time on it because I don't want to talk about yeah. like a pretty a pretty majestic Liverpool win um, in a game that I said Arsenal could win. So do you think this was a bigger shellacking than the game we're going to move into? Is Manchester City three Everton nil? Barney, you were pretty excited about the Everton rearguard action, and um, well, look in the in the bald Spaniard. Derby. No, I'll, 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 cor- I'll correct you here. Absolutely shithouse. I'll correct you here. Guardiola is now this. officially, he is now officially the best Spanish balding manager 50 or over. And the golf in this game, trophy. You can take that the to the golf bank. golf between the two teams in this game was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Do you think Everton's plan was to just not 
play. They're like, we'll go out there and run around, but we just won't play. And hopefully we get a draw. It's like they yeah, probably they wanted were, to they park the bus. They sat back and... Yeah. Like they wanted to park the bus, but they all like took cabs to the game. So it just was holes everywhere. <laughs> it, it was just... It was, it was, and um, the only thing about it that was surprising was how long it took Manchester City to score. Um, I think they sort of... About it was about just for half time, and that ball from Cancelo, like it took a moment of absolute beauty to slice him open. That was ridiculous. So mm. the commentator was saying how technically well um, Raheem's finish was, but uh, to me that's a bit of he sliced that. Yeah, it wasn't a good. Bit of a slice, <laughs> and he's got a bit of a um, wet fish about his uh, his ankle there. Very floppy, and he just sliced it into the top corner. So I'm questioning um, what the commentator is talking about there because I didn't did you, think did... that was technically good. But speaking of technically good, we've got to talk about Rodri's goal. Oh my god, Dear that was absolutely violent. Ball that's the, that's the drop. That's the drop you dream about every night when you're thinking, if I wanted to strike a ball, what would it look like? It's yeah. that one that drops out. And, and it was really good too because I love watching Fabian Delph. You get a real good angle of Fabian Delph and then you just see his heart <laughs> sink like Thomas Partey. He's like, oh, shit. And then Rodri's just not much and do. he absolutely whacked it. He fucking smashed it. But they're the ones that are bouncing at the top of the box. And like when they come to you, like I'm hitting this first time and you crack it and say you do blaze it over the bar and one of your teammates is on, they look at you and go, what the fuck? You could have laid me in. And you're like, look at it. Look like it was hit. It was I'm, bouncing. I'm like, clearing I've a, got to hit I'm it. I'm clearing a grandstand there. That was Yeah. Beautiful. And everyone, every one of your teammates goes, yeah, fair enough. We've done the same thing in that situation. <laughs> yeah. It had, be, it, had to, it had to be hit. Yeah. It be it's hit. one of those ones where no one will get angry at you for hitting it. But like the one, I've had a couple like that. And the one thing that goes through your head is, there's two things actually. Hit it as hard as you can. Obviously, that's that's natural the way it's bouncing. But you, like, if I can just keep it, if I just keep it below the bar, and nothing's stopping this thing. And yeah. he's, he's, he's hit both those marks. I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking firstly, keep it below the bar, and secondly, do I take my shirt off for this celebration or not? That's the two things that go through my head when it's bouncing. You're on, on it's yellow already. <laughs> Otherwise, go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. already off by the second bounce. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, Raheem Sterling had time for quite a comical miss towards the end there. Did you see yeah. that? Cross How the bad goal. is he finishing? Yeah. Fresh my I've always said this about him. He's finishing sucks. So, Ball's oh, yeah. coming across the box. He's completely unmarked. Big Jordan Pickford comes out wearing his gold gloves because he got the golden gloves at the Euros. And... Um, it, Raheem Sterling, I think he tries to like take a touch, but then he doesn't he want tries to take to a touch, him, yeah. and he, yeah, and he ends up like left footing it to nowhere. And Pickford sure just no, picks I don't, it up. I don't think it's his finishing. I think it's his decision making because that was a classic example of where he should have just side footed it straight past him, and he tries to take a touch, toes it into the keeper, and loses it. Like, and like somebody's decision making on his finishing is so bad as well. Just like, yeah, just fucking hit it, mate. No, I probably agree with that. Yeah, so I think that'd be fair. That's probably half of it, but I suppose it's just yeah, all encompassing of, of finishing. Um, but uh, Cole Palmer, the young fella, started for City, and I was like, what are they doing starting this guy? Unbelievable! He slots straight in, mm. like he's played there the whole time. Same runs, same passes, everything just looked like nice and slick with him there. He'll, he'll be one for the future. Do we have like surely by now we trust Pep with anyone he puts in because he held uh, Phil not Phil Jones what's his that Phil Foden out of the <laughs> uh, shit Phil <laughs> Phil catch himself out yeah. Phil Jones Stockport Stockport Messi he held him out of the squad for so long when everyone was like put him in put him in put him in and then they put him in he put him in eventually and he's like obviously who he is today 
Cole Palmer coming in, you sort of like, oh, who's this? Who's this mug? And then you see him playing, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, that's why right. he's only 19. He looked at Rolls Royce already. But Barney, yeah, I, I never think of someone that goes into the city first team thinking, who's that mug? You're like, they're, they're going <laughs> to be elite. Like he's coming. They've yeah. come through this like purpose-built academy. <laughs> they're going to be an elite footballer. Oh, you didn't that say mug? that about Sean Goda, did you? <laughs> I don't know about different. you guys. Uh, do you guys feel the same way? You don't feel the same Danny level Tiato. of excitement or passion when you see like a youngster coming through, the, like from Man City, as you would for like a, like even like a, a Leicester or uh, a Tottenham they feel or something too like robot-y, that. Right? You, they feel yeah, like that's what a I mean. Robot. It's like, of course, yeah. they should have the best young players. They've got yeah. the best all the best money. So, but it's not you, you like to see, but, you like yeah. to see um, players come through, and you can see like you can. I feel as though you can you want to be able to relate to them, right? So like safeties can like really finish or something like that. Or when Wayne came through, you're like, oh my God, look at he's so fast, he's so strong. But G needs to like he's so losing ugly. his head all the time. Yeah. Like he's got like a, a downfall that you can relate to. Whereas these players come through and he's just like already like balanced, good decision making, good weight on his passes, a thinker, can move the ball. Um, yeah, just unbelievable. Which I think you want some like um yeah, some weak Blemishes. Yeah, you want to you want to yeah. you want to so like relate. sit and mature with them. Yeah, because like Marcus Rashford yeah. came into Manchester United. He's the last like good player we've produced, and he was so yeah. raw, raw, and he'd make dumb yeah, decisions, raw. and he'd run. Yeah, and that's, if well, you're Sterling listening, Palmer, is an example. You're boring, but that's endearing, Cole Palmer. If you're listening, yeah, you're boring. Yeah, you're, yep. you're, boring. you're boring. You're not going to be on the pod, mate. Yeah, All right, no well, let's 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 move on from another boring Manchester City win. And go over to do oh, another boring the, Tottenham display. No, no, I, reckon, yeah. I reckon the game boring, of the weekend here. Tottenham. I think for sure. <laughs> Piss off, Barney. How did this make <laughs> the running again? <laughs> every fucking week. Didn't Tottenham two leads one. What a second half performance from Tottenham because Hit they the weren't on the more, field mate. in that first half. My God, I was one of the. I was watching that game. I couldn't believe how fucking bad they played in that first half. And Conte actually came out after the game and said um, it was a bit on him that uh, how bad they were in the first half because he said he was very cautious and very worried about the man-to-man pressing from Leeds and he told them to be like uh, a bit more cautious and you know knock around the back and don't move it forward too quickly. But I mean, there's like, being safe and then there's just not even trying to attack and that's exactly what Tottenham did in that first first half which was very shit to watch as a supporter but um the second half yeah completely different side came out it was job I know you love this stat but it got to like uh 250 or 60 minutes without a shot on target for Tottenham and then they had about four on target in the first 10 minutes of the second half I had to I had to turn off my personal clock finally when you had that shot. I I was actually keeping it just to make sure that Opta was accurate. I've been keeping it too. Mm, um, I just hit snooze because like it could happen again. You skipped you skipped over um, Daniel James's goal too quickly. That was a lovely bit of football from Leeds. Nice little nutmeg in there, whips it over to you know on rushing Dan James. Yeah, yeah. He's having a lovely time out there, isn't he, um, Dan James at Leeds? Yeah, that's his level. Um, yeah, but, he rides with like a big uh, Oh, sorry. I want to ask about the um, yeah first team selection. So Ben Davis is a left back for me, like more of a genuine left back. But you play him on the left side of a back three and sit uh, Sanchez on the on the bench. Well, he's Ben Davis plays that role for Wales, and he's also probably to be honest too slow to be for a left back in the Premier League for me. I don't I don't like him when he plays. I'd much rather have him where he is than play him at left back yeah. in um 
in like a four. I uh, yeah, I like I like but, him where he is, and because he, he's pretty defensively minded as well, and can spray a ball. I think if he, 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 but speaking of speed, I think when you're in a back three, there just seems to be more gaps there. Like if um if Regulon goes, um he just there's so much space around him that he's got to cover. Like he's got to shuffle over, and then his support when he shuffles over to to the left hand side um is uh dire behind him. So I think you could sure. really get it, you guys, without that. Sean, I 100% agree with you. And I reckon, and this is just me saying it based on what I've seen, I reckon Conte has identified that as a spot where he's like, I need to do something about this straight away. Yeah, I reckon they'll buy buy a defender in January because I guarantee Conte's not happy with that. As I agree with you, Barney, as well, Ben Davies is too slow and Eric Dyer is not the man you want as the anchor of that defense. And Tanganga is a bit the same, like, in like, you're not sure if you trust him yet, but he's really fast. So he can make up. Yeah, he's a bit raw. Yeah. Yeah, but so I think when you're going down the left, go, yeah. when you're going down the left, and Ben Davis has been blitz for speed, you're like, oh no, he's been blitz. But don't worry, we've got Eric Dyer back there to um, catch up. Oh, no, <laughs> he's been burned too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Christian Ramiro at the moment is injured for a bit as well, so he would be on the right, right side usually plays. And then I think I honestly think even if we buy in the winter of transfer, and if we bought two centre backs, I still think Dyer will stay in the centre. There's something. There is obviously something about Dyer that managers, we're all missing huh? because three, like Every last manager. three managers, have all have all loved him. Mm. So, yeah. like, there's something about him. Obviously, I think maybe his, might be his leadership and his talking from back there that offers a lot to the team. But um, I think he'll be, be like, or it could be that time he bashed that guy in the crowd too. Like that might <laughs> yeah. play into it. <laughs> he deserved it though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had it coming. But look, Barney, you must be you must be happy to get away with this one. Like you didn't do anything in the first half. Second half was much improved, um, and Melier probably kept leads in it, but it could have been out of sight at halftime. The one other thing that I found particularly interesting was I felt like Calvin Phillips was almost playing as like a centre back in this game, and I was a bit confused yeah. as to what yeah, that yeah, was. I thought, that too. I thought he, the same he, start, thing. he started at centre back. And uh, he moved into midfield in the second he did. half. I missed, yeah. I missed the first like five minutes of the game, so yeah. I didn't see where they started. And I was like, is Calvin Phillips playing at centre back? And then he he did like a nice little turn in the box, but then he popped up like in the second half out the front of the 18-yard box doing like yeah. Maradona spins. I, I just couldn't thinking, figure it out. What can't he do? The guy can play everywhere. Um, but Barney, talk me through the, the feels around Spurs early doors um, for the Conte regime. Um, are we feeling positive about this? Um, firstly, in terms of results, and secondly, in in terms of the football, better football. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's been like much better straight away. So I'm very happy, very happy with where it's at at the moment. Um, and I think he will be. He's like building on it. It's not. Yeah, didn't really get a big manager bounce when he came in. Building slowly, working at sort of the key areas to start off with, which is really defensively. Um, and then yeah, yeah, week on week, as long as like, we're continuing to get better every week. So, like you look outside that first half, it was like a good, a good game. But um, yeah, a few injuries probably threw us a little. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking where we're heading. Um, and you've like everyone's raving about how good West Ham season is so far. But you're only four points behind them, and West Ham play Man City next, whereas you guys play Burnley. So, I mean, for all the fanfare that's been made about West Ham season so far, next week you could be one point away from. Them. That is how ridiculous this season is. Is that like, yeah, we're only one point or four points behind West Ham, potentially could be one point next week, which is a joke because West Ham have been a much better team than us this season. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's that's it's very close this year. All right. 
So that will wrap up the Premier League for us. And we're going to quickly touch on some Champions League games, which are coming up this week. And there's some big ones. So first one we've got here, Villarreal versus Man United. Can Carrick get the bounce going job? Oh, my God. I don't know. I really <laughs> this don't. could be I bad. Don't, I don't this know what's going to happen. bad. It's your bogey <laughs> team too. <laughs> it is the bogey team. I'm what do you need to get through the job? Um, I need to check the table here, but I think we're top of the group off the top of my head, and I think they're level with us. So a win here and we are through because Atalanta, I think, will win against Young Boys, moving them to eight points. And then I think Atalanta play Villarreal in the last game of the group. Yeah, they do. So a win here and we are through. That is what we need. That's what's in front of us. But after the performance uh, against Watford on the weekend, Villarreal are a much better team. I think this will actually finish the all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll make I an see, interesting that finish as well. this group. Villarreal are not, yep, not a super attacking but, team. But we don't know what Michael Carrick's capable of. He could be like one of those bald Spaniards for all we know. So fingers crossed. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a jammy so Brits. He's definitely not. Yeah. They're, they're right, my favourite the sec- Spaniards, the bald one. <laughs> The other game here, which should be a, a perler, hopefully, is Chelsea versus Juventus. I think Juventus are undefeated in the Champions League this season, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, not having too good of a season in the Serie A, but looking good in the Champions League, which is very unlike Maxim, uh, Allegri. Usually he's the exact opposite, really good in the, in the league and terrible in the Champions League. Yeah, Barney, I was looking to correct you there, but you were in fact correct. Juve have won all their games <laughs> in the Champions League and they have actually beaten Chelsea. So this one's mm. fairly interesting. A win here for Chelsea and they're through. Juve are through already. Zenit and Malmo are really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. But if Chelsea can win, they are through. So I think I think Chelsea will win this game because, as you said, Juve have been fairly scratchy in the league, but they've just done enough when they had to. Yeah, I think exactly. especially if you are already through, they might take the foot off the gas. And and the way Chelsea's been playing, they'll they'll be fighting for that win. So I think they'll get it done. And, and Barney, I just want to quickly get a bit of a ring around here. So we've got next one I want to have a quick look at is Man City versus PSG. So obviously this is the two teams top of the group. Either of them win, they are through. Um, there's a lot of money on display here, isn't there? I think Jobber, you had a name I'd, for this one. Yeah. Oil yeah. Derby, wasn't it? El Gasico, I think he called it. El Gasico, or the, or the oil firm. Ah, the oil firm. Yeah, mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Yep. You go with any, um, any of those. I, I think uh, Man City will, will win this one at home. I think they'll be too strong for PSG and um, too, too solidified and too, too direct, too good. So it, yeah. does it matter that Leo Messi broke his uh, league duck on the weekend? Does that convince you at all? Never heard of against, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but no, they actually, he scored against Norse, um, tucked one away in the 87th minute. Uh, yep. so. yeah, oh, yeah. Farmers mate. League as well. So well yep. Wowee. All right, I'm actually going to back PSG in this one just to go against you boys. Yeah, you would. Fair enough. I'd love to see Kyle Walker in goal. He seems to get in goal for the, every Champions League game, so chuck him in. As keeper? Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. He's he's been in gold in for two Champions League games, Kyle Walker. Oh, two I haven't watched. Alrighty, let's get uh, Champions a League main wrap up. Bloody, what, what provincial Europa or whatever conference it is. League, <laughs> conference league, yeah. any European league that matters. Actual All right, farmers let's, league. Let's let's 
let's get a review on the multi jobber. So just enlighten us on where this all went wrong. Because there was one distinct moment <laughs> where it went wrong. <laughs> um, so look, there's a lot of things you learn through life. And one of them in the leadership is that not everyone's always going to agree with you. Sometimes you have to make the tough decisions, Sam. So Dumb decisions a, is actually that, just a, that statement. Just a quick revisit. And I would like you to know too that I 80% of these things right. Um, outstanding for me. So Leicester City, Chelsea, Chelsea win or draw. So Chelsea got away with a win here. Second one was Burnley Crystal Palace. It had Crystal Palace win or draw. So um, Josh Dradamus added again. This one finished three all. And I'll move on to the next one, which I love was, my score uh, draws. Yeah, love a good score draw. Uh, Man City Everton over two and a half goals. So this one it was a nail biter, um, but in the end, City were able to sneak that third goal that they thoroughly deserved. So they got the over two and a half goals, and everyone was happy. Last one was Tottenham and Leeds both to score. So I had my doubts in the first half. I thought Leeds are going to score enough goals for both of these teams. But Tottenham <laughs> came fighting back. Um, so the one leg that uh, I so confidently chose, and I did get some negative feedback from you guys, was um, – Immediately negative feedback. Imme- yeah. yeah. And, Immediately. And I implored you to reconsider. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst kind. It's not really constructive. It's like I sort of felt like he's overly emotional and trying to say, you're at Manchester United to beat Watford. <laughs> and we all know what happened there. And it cost a good man his job. So <laughs> cost you um, your bloody multi job. That's what it's cost. Yeah, tough times. We did get a bonus bet because it got four out of five. But uh, yeah, I was That's good. despairingly close there. Right, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh. I was going to say in the moment, I'm pretty sure I even said, can, I, even though it wouldn't have helped, but I did say, can we at least go for the draw? There's a win or a draw for United. And you checked and it wasn't available. No, it wasn't. So, the internet was down. Stole a dom, get back in contact, please. We need you, man. We need <laughs> yeah, you. No more, All right. Yeah, he's a United and supporter lot- too, isn't he? Yeah, I don't oh, think no. you that. But if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's gamble responsibly and don't bet with your emotions. Like just <laughs> back, it, back, your, like is... back your logical brain and honestly, it'll work. <laughs> All right. And lastly here, we've got uh, the email in our favorite moments. You might remember from last week's pod, we said email in for your favorite moment. Everyone went down to their local park toilet. They messaged Job. He was inundated with chopper shots. He was inundated with some illicit things on his phone, um, most of which we can't actually talk about on this show because we will get shut down. We will get cancelled. More abuse, wasn't it? Yeah, mostly that you're you're a wanker. Get off the pod. Shauna's got a better hairline than you and all that sort of stuff. So Standard. Standard. So there was one that really stood out from the pack, though, wasn't there? And this was actually emailed in by our avid listener. Is that the text messages from 2017? Or is this the email? Yeah. <laughs> Don't read the affidavit. Oh, just, just a conversation after I sent to you after the United loss. <laughs> Don't open it. Um, it's from Cricket Australia. Um, all right, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got one email. Happy Sunday, boys. Congratulations on 100 episodes. It's very difficult to choose one favourite moment with so many juicy episodes to pick from, but I'll go with episode 42 when Robert tried his hand at pharmacology. <laughs> Ajax <laughs> with a double faux pas, a chubby keeper getting a 12-month suspension for taking a banned diuretic and in the same week forgetting to register their record signing Sebastian Haller and him missing out on playing the Europa League. Admin team in absolute shambles. Also, the introduction of two new F-poppers completing the devil's foursome. <laughs> 
Brilliant addition. <laughs> Thanks, fellas, Salmon. I don't know if there was a favourite moment wrapped up in there, but I want to go. I'm going to go listen to episode 42 because I did and have in the past tried my hand at pharmacology um, operating out of a garage, but I'm going to go back yeah. and listen. So thanks, Simon. <laughs> you, you'll cook anything that melts on a spoon, right, Jabba? <laughs> <laughs> and so I believe that, that uh, Salmon is the lucky winner of the FPOP uh, mug. Is that oh, official? Mug him off, Job. Yep. Uh, yet to be decided. I've got yeah, I've got all, all right. four Democratic votes to give out. So we've we've ended up for, an, for another week. We'll at least have a shirt signing by uh, Sean Pye at the uh, mm-hmm. the next meeting meetup. AGM, right? Yep. Oh, all right, where they find will... us, mate? All right. So this week's letter is H too. If you're listening last week, so email <laughs> <laughs> football played on paper at gmail.com. Facebook football played on paper. Instagram at football played on paper, and Twitter at football on pods. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. <laughs>